a couple days ago, Apple had a new spring event called Spring Loaded, where they actually released a lot of new products, like a new refresh and redesigned 2021 iMac, a new iPad Pro, or refresh iPad Pro, and also these really anticipated Bluetooth trackers called the AirTags. So today I just wanted to talk about some of the new features of the products and their design. I know a lot of people are unhappy with how the iMac turned out, and I kind of just wanted to think about some of the reasons maybe why the design was the way it is. Overall, I think there were just three main things that a lot of these tech reviewers and people anticipating this new iMac redesign were unhappy with. One being the white bezels around the screen, and this is something that is not necessarily new, it's something they've done before in their designs. Also the removal of the Apple logo and then keeping the chin at the bottom which is like a rectangular area under the screen where they hoped they would have taken that out and made it more like a pro um, display XDR that they have that's like a $5,000 monitoring screen used for production. So they really wanted to take that higher end design and bring it down to the consumer level for people that were average buyers, like people that work with their laptops and computers or have families, but not necessarily are into all the intricate details of like, oh, this has a bezel. This doesn't have a bezel. This one is a hundred times faster. They just see like, oh, there's a new product out and I need one for work. I need one for school. I need one to share with my family. And I think this is a good time to buy. So this is not really to say that I really love all the design choices they made. I think I just wanted to think about them and maybe consider who is this really for. I think this is not really for, like I said, those people in the high-end market that are actual professionals working in the upper fields doing music and video. It's more for an average consumer or like a prosumer who enjoys the new things that come out but don't really look into all the details about the specs. So I think that's to say like they're, they don't care or even know what a bezel is. They don't know that there's a chin at the bottom. They just see that there's a new iMac. It's more slim. It has different colors. It's more playful and it would fit in their, their home. It's not that, oh, this has all these issues and because of that, I'm not going to buy it. And I think if it was for me, yeah, I agree that I wish it didn't have the white borders around the screen and I wish they could have could have removed that chin at the bottom and made the whole thing a little bit thicker so then they could make it more seamless but I think they just made a different route and a lot of people are really hung up on the like these little issues but they have to realize also that a lot of the people that do these reviews are not the whole target market like the people that do the iPhone reviews and computer reviews are not the majority of the people that buy the products. It's for the average person. I also saw this picture on Reddit from this industrial designer. I'll probably link it in the description. But he was showing like the different or variations of how the new iMac could have been. And the reason they kept the chin is because they couldn't put all these components directly behind the screen. And that would interfere with um, the picture because it would make it shake because of the speakers or other heat or, you know, engineering limitations that I don't really understand and I think a lot of people don't understand. So maybe it would have been possible for them to eliminate that large chain at the bottom, but maybe it wouldn't have because I don't understand the physical limitations of how the design is. So I think it's just easy to say like, oh, they should have done it like this, but since we're not in the field, we don't 
know um, what they really could have done. Also, another thing is, is that they took out the Apple logo at the bottom and kept the chin because I feel like that's part of what's iconic about the iMac in the last 10 years. So it's, they kept it the same. So people can automatically recognize like, oh, this is the iMac, but it's new, but it also brings a lot of the previous design elements from the past. And even though people wanted to remove those, like even without the Apple logo and you're looking at it on the front, you know this is the iMac. So I think that's part of the reason they, they kept it there. They took out the logo, but the branding and the overall picture is so recognizable. You don't even need the logo to know that this is an iMac. Another thing to consider is a lot of businesses use the iMac at their storefronts or put them at the desk at, in a front office. So having the design be also recognizable from the backside really helps with the branding. So I think these are all like different little things that people aren't thinking about. They're just thinking only from one angle from the front. Even though it's it is important, it's the most significant angle while you're actually using the computer itself. You kind of have to see that other people are going to be viewing it in a business setting. And adding on to that a little bit. A lot of people say they don't care about the speakers, they don't care about this stuff or that stuff, but you have to look at it as people don't know the details of those things and they go to purchase the iMac as a whole package and people are just using whatever they have. Like you can see in even all the lectures in my class, people are using horrible microphones, horrible video. They don't even try to make their space quiet to record these lectures for a class and we're paying like thousands of dollars to learn this material. So. I think you have to look at that from that perspective. People don't really look into these things and Apple is considering that. So then they're putting in better microphones, better speakers, uh, better video camera. So this is something you probably won't really realize right now. But like as people continue to do video conferences and record lectures for work or presentations, that the overall baseline quality is going to improve because these things are automatically included in the iMac. It's not something you have to think about separately. Like when I started this podcast, I was looking into the microphone, I was looking into the stand. Like I look into these details, but for a majority of people, like 80%, 90% people, they don't care. They don't want to know. They just want to buy the product and enjoy it and use it. I think that is part of the strength of many of the Apple products is because it's kind of like Tesla. It's it's a product for people that are not enthusiasts in that field. It's like a car for non-car enthusiasts. And this is a computer for the average person. And the, you know that even every, everything is not going to be perfect. It's not going to be obviously really studio quality. But the baseline improvements are good that you're going to be able to listen to things clearly and see yourself clearly in the recordings. Another thing I wanted to talk about is now they added the m1 chip into the new ipad pro for 2021 and at first i was like or a lot of people are thinking what's the point of this this is a really powerful chip in the ipad and the ipad keeps getting faster and faster but it has a lot of limitations because of the way the software is and people enjoy the ipad because it's so simple to use but when you're getting into the more professional area where you're needing to multitask or go through um, the file system and organize things more it can be kind of limiting so a lot of people are like what's the point of putting this chip here and 
I think I feel a lot of the same way. Like, what is the point of it? And it, I think I watched some videos and looked at a couple articles. They were saying that it's it's a big hint at the what what they're going to try and do in the future. They're probably going to try and bring some of the more professional applications down to the iPad, like Logic Pro or Audio and Final Cut Pro. So they're beefing it up now so then they can release this software and make bigger changes to the overall OS in the next few months. So I'm kind of hoping that's where it goes because no one's really complaining, oh, the iPad Pro is not fast enough. Finally, uh, another one of the big anticipated products that was released um, was the AirTags. And it's basically, if you're familiar with tiles, they're little Bluetooth trackers with batteries in them. So you can put them on like different things you might lose, like keys or your AirPods if they have a little loop on them or backpacks or suitcases. So it kind of helps you keep track of your things and gives you a big peace of mind. If you forget it somewhere, you know where it is. And the premium subscription also lets you see the location history. And I'm not sure that's um, a feature of the new AirTags that Apple has. You can see where something is and it's really cool that if you get close enough, it'll directly show you with an arrow like, oh, walk to the left like this many feet which the tile doesn't do. But I think part of the benefit of tile still is that it already comes with a built-in loop. The AirTags, you need to buy the AirTag, and then you need to buy a container, or not a container, but a little strap for the AirTag to actually hook it onto anything. So it's kind of weird. Maybe it's purposeful. They didn't put a hole into the actual AirTag. And other than that, I think it's a really competitively priced product but it is missing potentially like the location history. So then it kind of helps to see like, oh, it's been here at this time. So then you might know where it is now, but maybe it's not overall necessary because of the way it's set up where you can just, it'll directly take you to the item once you get. I think another thing that's pretty cool is that anyone that maybe finds your lost AirTag can bring it up to their phone and it'll automatically open a page to where you can leave a note or a comment like this is this AirTag belongs to this person this is how you can get it back to them and it makes it easier to like find your lost items again if someone else has picked it up but with the tile it's very difficult to actually figure out who it belongs to so like let's say you drop it on the street you're so far away from it and then some random person picks it up there's no easy way for you to like find who the tile belongs to like you probably have to open download the tile app and if you're not a tile user why would you have the app and it just adds more layers of difficulty to getting the item back to the person where um air tags you don't need to do all that you can just bring it up to your phone open the web page and then it'll show you who it belongs to air tags also have the benefit of being able to use other iphones in the area to ping the product so you can get an idea of the actual location while if you use a tile it doesn't have that whole network to try and pinpoint where the item might be if it's just lost out in a place um, far from other phones that have the tile app. So you may not even need to use the location history. But since tile has been around a lot longer, they have other sized variations of the product. So they have like a wallet version or a very small stick on version. But the problem with those two also is that they don't have a replaceable battery. So there are pros and cons to both. So thanks for listening to this episode. I think it was kind of fun to talk about some of the different design considerations that are very polarizing right now after the new release and just 
um, discuss maybe why they did things a certain way. Not to really 100% defend them, but see some of their rationale for it. And I think that's pretty interesting to me. And hopefully by the end of the year, they're going to release a lot more of the pro products that address a lot of the concerns people have, especially in the niche tech space with the bezels and the colors and having a space gray version come out and all that kind of stuff. So um, by then, I'll probably discuss again what's new and what I enjoy and what I also dislike. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Minimal Med Podcast. Subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And check out my website at minimalmedblog.com.